In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let us kneel. Blessed be the Holy Trinity and undivided unity. We will give glory to Him because He hath shown His mercy to us. O Lord, our Lord, how wonderful is Thy name in all the earth. O the depth of the riches of the wisdom and of the knowledge of God. O blessed Trinity, we beseech Thee, deliver us. O blessed Trinity, we beseech Thee, save us. O blessed Trinity, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Blessed art Thou, O Lord, in the firmament of heaven and worthy to be praised and magnified forever. Let us pray. Almighty and everlasting God, who has granted Thy servants in the confession of the true faith to bear witness to the glory of the eternal Trinity and in the power of Thy majesty to adore the unity, grant, we beseech Thee, that by steadfastness in this faith we may ever be defended from all adversities. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Today is the second Sunday after Pentecost. We just finished praying from today's collect prayer the following, quote, Make us, O Lord, to have both a perpetual fear and a love of Thy holy name. Close quote. Truly a marvelous petition and a very appropriate petition to be praying on the Sunday following Trinity Sunday. We're praying and asking God for the great grace that we may have a perpetual fear, a reverential fear, and a perpetual love of Him, of His Holy Name, of the Most Blessed Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And really... There is nothing that is more important and more central to our lives and to our faith than this, that is, to have a perpetual love and fear of God, most blessed Trinity. If we practice this faithfully every day of our lives, a profound love, and reverential fear for God, there is no question that we will be truly happy both in this life and in the life to come. So, the grace to love and to fear the triune God. That's what we just finished praying for in the college prayer. As I mentioned to you last Sunday... The Blessed Trinity is the central mystery of our Catholic religion. The Catholic religion exists in order to make this mystery known to all. This is the reason why there's a Catholic religion. It's the reason why you and I are Catholics. So that we can make this mystery of God known to all so that all souls may come to know the truth about God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. 
And once knowing God, once knowing the truth about God, may love Him and serve Him and give Him glory. Now, in order to know the truth about God and to love and serve God, we can't do this by ourselves. When we try to do this by ourselves, we fail miserably. This is the reason why there's so many false religions. This is the reason why there's so many people that profess faith in God and yet it's not true faith in God because they're trying to do it on their own. We can never come to know the truth about God even less love Him and serve Him by ourselves. We need the help of the Holy Ghost. Again, remember what I've been preaching to you about in the past several weeks. Anything good that we do, we need the help of the Holy Ghost. To believe, to hope, to practice charity, to forgive, to make sacrifices, to overcome bad habits, to be able to convert, to make a conversion, either a small conversion or a big conversion, to have a holy thought, to have a good thought instead of a bad thought. We need the help of the Holy Ghost. And so most certainly, in order to know God, to love God and to serve God, we need the help of the Holy Ghost. St. Paul teaches this in the sacred scriptures in numerous places, but in particular, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, quote, The things that are of God, no man knoweth but the Spirit of God. Close quote. Again, the things that are of God. And we can also add the truth about God. No man alone knoweth. It is the Spirit of God that reveals it and that teaches these things to us. And so again, so much the more reason to be praying and asking for the help of the Holy Ghost. Because in order to know the truth about God and to love Him and serve Him, we need the help of the Holy Ghost. Pray and ask for the help of the Holy Ghost. This is why in the week leading up to Pentecost and then during the octave of Pentecost, this is why we prayed two novenas here to ask for the help of the Holy Ghost. If today, we're now second Sunday after Pentecost, if for whatever reason you're behind and you haven't prayed a novena to the Holy Ghost, start one as soon as possible. It can be fairly simple. Just a simple prayer to the Holy Ghost, like the Come Holy Ghost, and the Our Father, the Hail Mary, and the Glory Be. But pray for the grace of the Holy Ghost because, again, this applies to every aspect of our lives. What our marriages need most is the help of the Holy Ghost. What our friendships need most is the help of the Holy Ghost. What our relationships need the most is the help of the Holy Ghost. To do our work well, what we need most is the help of the Holy Ghost. To pray well, what we need the most is the help of the Holy Ghost. Now, I ask you to pay close attention to the great feasts that we are celebrating at present. Two weeks ago, we celebrated the great feast of Pentecost, the great feast of the Holy Ghost. From this point on, already right now, from two weeks ago, from the feast of Pentecost, 
all the way until the end of November, till the end of the church year, right before Advent, the beginning of the new church year. All of this period of time, it's dedicated in a special way to pray for the help of the Holy Ghost. So that the Holy Ghost will truly make us holy. So that the Holy Ghost will truly conform us to Christ. Make us like Christ. So that we will truly be able to walk in the Spirit, not according to the lusts of the flesh. So that we will truly be able to walk according to the Spirit of Christ. This is always the great challenge. The Spirit of God versus the Spirit of the world. So, two weeks ago, Pentecost Sunday. Then last Sunday, Trinity Sunday. Notice, we go from Pentecost Sunday immediately to Trinity Sunday. Just as Pentecost Sunday takes us to Trinity Sunday, so, just what I've been telling you, so it is the Holy Ghost that leads us to true knowledge of God. Without the Holy Ghost again, we're never going to know the truth about God. This is a great lesson of the liturgical year. Once we've celebrated the great feast of the Holy Ghost, once we have solemnly asked for the help of the Holy Ghost, we might say that that first gift of the Holy Ghost is true knowledge of God, the mystery of the Blessed Trinity. And then notice what other feasts are right upon us. Four days after Trinity Sunday is the Feast of Corpus Christi, three days ago. The most holy feast of our Divine Redeemer's sacred body. And then eight days after the Feast of Corpus Christi, that's five days from today, the Feast of the Sacred Heart. Clearly, great works of the Holy Ghost the real presence of our Savior Jesus Christ in the Holy Eucharist, and also devotion to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. In many ways, we can describe the work of the Holy Ghost, His mission of sanctifying and saving our souls, as uniting us to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and of making our hearts like unto the Sacred Heart of Jesus. But I especially want to point out to you this morning that these two great feasts, one that was just a few days ago, the Feast of Corpus Christi, the other one that's coming right up at the end of this week, the Feast of the Sacred Heart, these feasts are very necessary so that we may know the truth about God, about the mystery of the Blessed Trinity. There's no such thing as true faith in the Blessed Trinity, apart from faith in the real presence of our Savior Jesus Christ in the Eucharist, and also devotion to the Sacred Heart. This is how important these are. Faith in the Eucharist, and obviously devotion to the Eucharist, and devotion to the Sacred Heart. If we are diligent and sincere and we're striving to daily grow in love and devotion to the Holy Eucharist and grow in love and devotion to the Sacred Heart, without a doubt, we will be drawing closer to the ineffable mystery of God, 
of the Blessed Trinity. And by the same token, if we're setting these aside, we are never going to be able to arrive at true faith and true knowledge of the triune God. Just a few words that I'll say this morning about both of these. That is, devotion to the Holy Eucharist and also devotion to the Sacred Heart. With regard to the Feast of Corpus Christi, it was in the year of our Lord 1264 that Pope Urban IV ordered the annual celebration of the Solemnity of Corpus Christi in the Universal Church. And he ordered this celebration to be on the fifth day of the week after the Octave of Pentecost. Or, you know, the Thursday after Trinity Sunday. Same thing. The purpose of this feast, the reason why Pope Urban IV instituted this feast of Corpus Christi, threefold, three reasons. Number one, to aid our faith in all Catholic doctrine. Remember this. To aid our faith in all Catholic doctrine. Because, again, the most important mystery of Catholic doctrine, the central mystery of Catholic doctrine, is the mystery of the Blessed Trinity. I'm going to say a few words about this this one. I won't say really much about numbers 2 and 3. But, remember, so the first reason, Feast of Corpus Christi is being instituted to aid our faith in Catholic doctrine. You could also say to aid our faith in general, so that our faith will grow. Number two, to help us draw strength from Christ to walk continually in the way of virtue. Also remember this, because the only way that you're going to be able to grow in virtue is with the strength that comes from Christ, and specifically the Holy Eucharist. The bread of the strong, the bread that makes us strong. Remember this because again, there's so many Catholics that for different reasons, some I would say, well, valid reasons, others maybe not the best reasons, but there's so many Catholics that they go about living their daily life and even their weekly and monthly life without the Holy Eucharist. It's one of the saddest, saddest, saddest possible things. How are we going to be able to grow in virtue without the strength that comes to us from the Holy Eucharist? It's one of the reasons why the Feast of Corpus Christi was instituted, kind of to help us also to obviously believe that and to live it. And the third reason, to make reparation so that we will offer profound adoration to our Lord present in the Blessed Sacrament, for all the irreverence and sacrilegious behavior towards the Divine Majesty in this adorable sacrament. So again, I just want to emphasize to you, remember this, so that when you come to Holy Communion and when you're preparing for Holy Communion, that you ask the Holy Ghost. Again, remember, Feast of Pentecost is coming before Corpus Christi. So I'm asking for the help of the Holy Ghost so that you can grow in faith in the real presence of our Lord in the Eucharist, but also so that you can grow in faith in all Catholic doctrine. This is one reason why it's so important that when we receive Holy Communion, that we truly believe everything that the Catholic Church believes and are living in accordance with it. 
Because that's one of the great purposes of the Holy Eucharist. To lead us to the truth about God and to strengthen our faith. So remember to ask the Holy Ghost to help you to grow in your faith. And really, this is what is key. Because if we truly believe, this is really where, I would say, where it's all at. If we as Catholics truly believed in the real presence of our Lord and God in the Holy Eucharist, we would be saints. We would be saints and we would value Mass and the Holy Eucharist above anything and everything else. We would value it far above even our own life. We would risk anything and everything for our Savior Jesus Christ because we truly believe my Lord and my God is here present. What can compare to this? We would go to great lengths to prepare ourselves well, to receive our Lord with a pure mind, with a pure heart, with pure intentions. The more faithful we are to this, in other words, receiving Holy Communion regularly and worthily, the purer our faith in God, the Most Blessed Trinity, will be. And hopefully this will be the goal that all of us will strive for. This is the goal that we have to strive for from the day of our birth, from and especially from the day of our baptism. The goal that we have to strive for is to be able to receive our Lord in the Holy Eucharist worthily and ever more worthily. Continue to strive for that because again there's so much that is encompassed in this in terms of preparing well for Holy Communion, giving thanks to our Lord after Holy Communion, and again, praying to the Holy Ghost so that He increase your faith in this great mystery and, by extension, in all Catholic doctrine. As faith in the Holy Eucharist grows weaker, you can be certain that Faith in general in Catholic doctrine is also going to grow weaker. It is also going to begin to fall apart. It's one of the reasons also why it's so clear that the, again, for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, that's why it's so clear that the changes that have been made to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass have led to such a breakdown in the faith to a breakdown of Catholic doctrine in general. Because, again, remember, what, most, what will most aid faith, Catholic faith, and faith in Catholic doctrine is the Most Holy Eucharist. Again, it's kind of like because that's where you have to make the greatest act of faith. And that's also the source that will miraculously increase your faith the most. If you're receiving our Lord with faith and with reverence and with preparation and with devotion and with purity of heart and praying and asking the Holy Ghost to help you to receive our Lord worthily. But one final word about this is if there were only greater faith in the Holy Eucharist among us as Catholics as a whole then every single Catholic would I mean, it wouldn't take long for them to wholeheartedly 
and commit themselves 100% to the traditional Latin Mass and leave behind the Novus Ordo. Because there are so many important signs of Catholic faith that are part of the Catholic Mass that help us and that we need. Again, we need them. We need the help of the Holy Ghost. How do we think the Holy Ghost is helping us? One of the main ways the Holy Ghost is helping us is He's helping us through the Catholic Mass so that we can grow in that faith. There's so many signs of faith in the real Eucharist, both on the part of only the priest, on the part of also the faithful, and again, it's part of the rite in and of itself that are expressing and strengthening that real faith in the Holy Eucharist. And I just mentioned this so that hopefully all of you here, that you'll really make every effort to be 100% committed to the traditional Latin Mass. Because still today we have any number of Catholics that they kind of go to both Masses and they kind of think, well, it's not too big of a deal if I go to both Masses. Examine how strong your faith is in the real presence of our Lord in the Eucharist. Because, again, the stronger and the greater that your faith is in the real presence of our Lord in the Eucharist, the clearer your path is going to be and the more committed your path is going to be towards the traditional Latin Mass. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.